The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, the show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two fine co-hosts. Laura Nash. Nate Harninger. And this week we are finally, finally talking about Deltarune. Many apologies to the several persons on our Discord uh, who have been requesting that we talk about Deltarune and cover the both chapters one and two for literally years now. When did this first chapter? We're only talking about the first chapter this week, but chapter one came out, I think, in 2018. Yeah, it's been out for years. Halloween, it's been requested. Oh nice. My God. <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, it's been out for years. It's been requested for years. Uh, and we really, truly have no excuse other than, I guess, maybe waiting for like the full game to come out. But and that was foolish. Yeah. So um, here we are. Yeah, there's a few things that kind of prevented us from doing it. To be honest, like part of it was like when chapter one came out, like it was like not too long before, like the, the podcast was in a kind of weird place. It was like not too long before the birth of my first child. I was kind of uh, clocked out for a little bit there, so to speak. Um, and our podcast really kind of like we we got back on stride a little later, but by then it you know by the time it was, I was like ready to tackle something like Deltarune, where I really felt I needed to like pay attention to a game that I thought was going to be something very important to me. Unlike our normal episodes, where our where, attention where is screw it, whatever, in and out right? at best, yeah. Well, I don't know. It was there was a sort of a feeling where like Undertale was like huge for me, like yeah, really important game. We felt it would be honestly cruel to do Deltarune on Reagan's paternity leave, <laughs> and yeah. so we did games we wanted to play. And then by yeah. the time it got back, Deltarune was not. Was, and we we figured we'd wait for chapter two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then when chapter two came around, we were kind of like felt like, oh well, now we're already late to the game. We'll get around to it, and that happened in twenty twenty one, right? Like last year, or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. September. So yeah, we're sometime catching in the up. void of the last couple of years, it came out. So uh, there are your excuses. Uh, you're welcome for those. Uh, I'm sure you all really, really wanted to hear them. Um, but Deltarune, I'm so glad we finally got around to 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 playing this because it reminded me how much I loved Undertale. It, it it's been when we, we covered Undertale in like what 2015. It's been so many years, um, and my relationship with Undertale kind of changed over time a little bit. Like I was, I, we were very very um, hot on the tail of it coming out. We we covered it on the show, and I absolutely fell he- head over heels in love with the game. I loved the characters. Yeah, almost everyone did. Oh yeah, pretty much everyone out there did. And then I think Except a lot Shane. of yeah, yeah. I mean, there is there's some here. Va- there's some valid criticism of the original mm-hmm. game as well. But I think, especially in the sort of um, the come down of having just played it, and uh, yeah. I mean, it was like the game of 2015, and uh, I think uh, is still referenced pretty frequently and had a significant impact on uh, on a lot of things within the space. Uh, mm-hmm. So big game, and I was. I was just so head over heels for it. Um, and uh, then I don't know. It's hard to explain this, but like something about it, um, it, it became so pervasive, right. so like online culturally pervasive for a while that I had a kind of a weird internal like knee jerk, like, like 
Um, I never was like, man, Undertale sucks, but I did kind of like put it behind me a little but, bit. You like know? once the soundtrack has been danced to in front of the Pope, like, is it really an indie game? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, they were selling that stuff in Hot Topic and what I mean, it became oh, like yeah. a, you know, it was it, a it, major... The answer is it is an indie game. Don't, yeah, don't, of course. don't <laughs> at me. Uh, well, funny you bring up the music. I, I was also thinking about my um, sort of relationship with Undertale. And, and the reality is that like, I hardly remember a single element of the original game, except for that. I still listen to that soundtrack kind of regularly. And so that is the piece that has stuck with me the most out of Undertale is just how good that soundtrack was. And and I, I remember some of the feelings that I felt after playing that game. And some of those came back uh, as I was playing Deltarune, which I know we're going to talk about. But um, I, I feel like that is a game that had a significant impact on me at the moment at that time. But I haven't really, you know, thought about Sans and and the crew very much. <laughs> You're not still uh, writing so. your uh, your Delta your uh, Undertale fan fiction? No, no, I, I had to put that up. So I actually think that's a big element of it too. Like Nate, we were talking about our various sort of excuses for not covering Deltarune sooner, and one of the reasons that I kind of f- had started feeling like putting off Deltarune was that I. Uh, I had sort of forgotten a lot of the plot details of Undertale. And I know these games are like loosely related. We'll talk about the ways in which Undertale and Deltarune are connected in a minute. Um, But I had started thinking like, "Mm, I'm so no longer fresh off of uh, Undertale that it felt like I needed to do like a full revisit of the original game Mm -hmm. or like, I wasn't sure if I could like give myself permission to go into Deltarune without really remembering much of the specific plot details of Undertale. I can say what I ended up doing was going into Deltarune when we decided to play it for the show, you know, timing being what it was, it seemed like the right time, but I also didn't have time to like go do a replay of Undertale. So I did just sort of like go into this mostly blind. And then about halfway yeah. through uh, playing Deltarune, I went back and listened. To, I don't usually do this, but I, I went back and listened to our episodes wow. uh, on uh, on Undertale. It's a very strange thing to go back and listen to a recording of yourself absolutely freaking gushing about a video <laughs> game from like, what would it have been? Years ago, 2015. That you yeah. don't remember very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But because it was like my, own, <laughs> I mean, partly it's my own words. Um, it all flooded back to me. Like <laughs> I remember clearly. me saying this so well. Yeah, yeah. Something After about hearing me say this. I remember it. your own voice. <laughs> <laughs> really brings it back. What about that could possibly trigger memories? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, also, I, I laugh about this still sometimes. Um, our single. We have one one star review on on iTunes for this show in our in our like you know I'm sure a lot of people have listened and bounced immediately but the one person who took the time to actually leave us a negative review on iTunes was they were upset that we during our coverage of Undertale none of us committed to a full all kill run uh, yes and that we so, could, we were not valid reviewers as yeah, nobody none did of us the did. genocide run yeah <laughs> so. Um, Oh please! We're if you're sorry. Listening, you know, I, at least, <laughs> if you're still I, listening, hundreds of episodes later, yeah. uh, let I us know. It, I you. guess it is time for us to issue a formal apology on that. Um, uh, no. I'm afraid you may run into the same issue on this. At least for me, I was not going all kill to start. No, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> um, 
So today we're just talking about Deltarune Chapter 1. But before we dive into talking, you know, mechanics and story and everything else, um, it's probably worth just talking about this sort of strange release model here, the sort of development story of Deltarune. You know, obviously, Toby Fox, uh, essentially a solo dev working with, you know, a very small team released Undertale. It was this massive seismic hit. Um, and then a few years later, he uh, puts out this game, uh, Deltarune, but he releases it in chapters. And uh, the first chapter came out uh, on, in 2018 and uh, was released for free. And chapter two also released for free. If you go on Steam and download this, it basically, uh, it still is just like a demo. Um, the The plan, I believe, is that chapters three, four, and five are intended to come out all together as a paid product. Mm-hmm. Um, but chapters one and two are available totally for free. Uh, do you know anything about the decision-making on why to release like little snippets of it rather than the full game like they did with Undertale? So Undertale was released as one big package and Delta runes came out as chapter one and then chapter two last year. And at some point in the future, three more chapters will be released simultaneously and cost money. Uh, And the reason that uh, Toby Fox did this is because he said it took a couple years to do the first bit and it's, more satisfying to like think of them as separate connected games because he said, I think the quote is, uh, I have no estimation of its completion. It could take up to 999 years, depending on the efficiency level. (laughs) So I think he's just being really, uh, careful with estimates and releasing as it goes. I have to imagine there's a degree of also like, you know, Undertale was such a massive hit and like you're, there's so much pressure for your follow-up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you made this part of it to, to think of it as like, well, here's a piece I can put out. I'm proud of it. I can keep sort of the, the, um, I don't know the, not attention. I don't want to be cynical about it, but like just the, keep the, um, you know, people connected to him and to his product. If he really knows that like Delta rune is, going to take him 10 years to make like by time he could release the full game. It might've been too late to really, really engage your former undertale fans. Um, but releasing like chapters every few years, at least keeps people engaged and connected to like the undertale Delta rune world. Yeah. The original plan was to do the last four, like to only do one and then release the other ones as the bundle. But he said like, Quite frankly, it's hard for both creators and fans to go a long time without a release. So yeah. uh, it was a pandemic. Yeah. Well, it's a good chunk of game. I mean, you know, we've covered games that are shorter than uh, the chapter one, um, you know, three, four hours, maybe depending on you know how much you commit to and how long it takes you to get through parts. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think the, the plan is for seven, very George R. R. Martin of him, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be going on until we're all old and gray. Yeah. Well, the HBO Undertale show will, you know, (laughs) it'll wrap things up first. Yeah. yeah. My God. Um, Yeah. I I also do sort of feel like this is a bit of a uh, like giving back like a gift to fans kind of thing. I mean, ultimately, it will be a paid product. But like it's Undertale was such a seismic hit and has this massive, very devoted fan base. Um, It's kind of a bold move to say like, oh, I've had this huge hit. 
And you know what's going to be my next big project? More of the same. And, you know, there's there's a level to which, like, there could be a negative. Like, if, if you'd released this, like, um, on, you know, on Deltarune Chapter 1 as its own paid product thing, um, I'm sure dedicated Undertale fans would have loved it. But critics, I think, would have looked at this as, like, well, that's a, a small, slight slice. And in comparison to undertale there's not enough new here etc cetera, etc cetera. i think it might have gotten a little bit slammed you know it's great music but but you know maybe maybe people wouldn't have responded so well to it whereas with this um because it was released for free i think it changed the conversation around it and it made it more about this sort of like this it made it this event, right? That, you know, this, this chapter released, this, the next chapter released and it's building to something. And I think it gave people time to like sit with this as a thing and say like, okay, uh, Toby Fox and his team have more to say here, even if they're basically making another undertale with slight variations. Um, there's still more, there's still something here. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely prefer uh free, and soon rather than expensive and late. So yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you're right though. I think, you know, it's, it, it is definitely almost, um, I think your goodwill with your fan base is a lot higher when you do something like this. And, uh, yeah. and, um, you know, I mean, undertale was fantastic. I don't think there's uh, much of a problem with a, the second game being just more undertale, even though like, how many games now have basically tried to be Undertale 2 or, or mm-hmm. copy all of the elements of Undertale 2? There is still something, uh, you know, even now we're seven years after the, the launch of the original Undertale, Undertale 2 that like playing a Deltarune, you know, it's like, well, this is this is still very Toby Fox and I've not really played anything else that feels and, and, and you know, sounds like this game does, uh, even though it's been years since the original came out. Yeah, there's so many things about his work that is very like unique to him. You know, the yeah. music is a very obvious one. Like he's just got this sense with the music that's got mm-hmm. these these um, like character melodies and like light motifs that keep coming back. It's got it's, you know this. Yeah, like, it's wonderful. Toby uh, Fox score is like a very specific thing. It might um, be the best part of Undertale, might be, and, honestly. And, uh, but like uh, other stuff too, like his graphic style is like so so idiosyncratic and minimalist and but like super works you know there's times where the where the the graphics are like black screen extremely vague single you know one bit white drawing on screen but you know where you are like it's it's he has this incredible art style and obviously he's not the only artist here he's working with like great artists like temi chang but like it can be so bad at times too and i think that's like intentional like uh like the characters, uh, there's like little cutscenes, and there's one where a you know a big character is like walking across the screen, and it just looks so not like walking. Um, mm-hmm. But the sound effects are are like walking. But you're like, how is this thing actually moving in the way that it's being depicted? But it it's still it's funny, you know. Yeah. And I think it's it's very intentional. There's so much charm. That's why, like when we first played Undertale, I felt like it had this kind of vibe of like brilliant outsider art. Yeah. Right. Like there's nobody more inside than Toby Fox now that he's like the mega success. But like there's something about his style that has this feel of like it feels like finding a brilliant work by some outsider who's never made a game before. 
because it's so idiosyncratic. Yeah, there's a million character designs in these games and all the enemies, all the side characters. And I think the thing that I find really charming about it is the um, it's it's not childlike, but it is clean and there's some innocence to it. So there's yeah. this, there's a lot of color. There's a lot of uh, funny sound effects bringing them to life. I think it's not um, it definitely doesn't look like an animated cartoon. This is not Dodgeball Academia. No. <laughs> um, but Very it doesn't, far from it. But like, it's a lot of like dark games also get a little gross. And uh, there's nothing, it's never disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's dark in the evil, light, dark dichotomy yeah. bit, but it's never gross or disgusting or vulgar. That's another element that he does really, really well, both between Undertale and this game is this sort of like um, uh, cute characters, but not just like treacly cute, just this sort of like earnest, cute characters, um, you know, a very appealing world. uh, And yet everything has this sort of undercurrent or background of darkness to it that it, it, it really has a unique feel like the, um, with undertale it was like, there was all the, the, the first time through, you know, you're hugging dogs and everything, but then there's the, the lab and things like that, that is like truly, truly dark. And even some of the mm-hmm. things that seem really, really pleasant on the surface have some, you know, characters that seem really like just cute cartoons have a sort of actual core of emotional truth to them. Um, this is something that, that, that um, to- Toby Fox's work really, really nails is that sort of like having actual emotional truth, even if your characters are cartoons, your story is a like good versus evil, light versus dark. There's still something going on here that's like more than that. And let's be fair, like I love a trickly cute and I love a super gross. Hell, we did a moist week a while back, <laughs> oh, but I, I think that why? why? Because we had a series of games that were yeah, a lot of moist games. We're moist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I like a lane that is the specific. Like, mm. I, I don't really care what your art style and genre is, as long as you can really play in that sandbox very specifically. Uh, so I'm, I'm always happy to visit a creator that I yeah. kind of, I will be surprised, but I will never be taken out of the experience yeah. i love the the sometimes high weirdness too um you yeah. know there's uh characters that look cute at first and then they reveal their true self and you're like it's never um like like you said it's never gross where you're like oh look at that but you're like whoa look at that thing like i did not expect there, there's a mouth there where <laughs> I, like <laughs> you know and that it's just, that tummy has a has a teeth on it yeah it's it's strange you know and it's still kind of cute even still but like but very very weird i think it's time we should talk a little bit about how this game is distinct from and how it's related to undertale and we're going to be careful about spoilers with this um uh, but this is a free game and it's about three hours so if you haven't played undertale chapter one um, we are going to be talking about some very light spoiler stuff uh, that happens in the first, you know, hour or less of the game. Before our spoiler break, we're going to try and save the meat of our story conversation for after the spoiler break. Um, but the the thing that I was most surprised by starting this game was that it has a lot of it. It, it, 
it immediately kind of shows you that you're not playing exactly a sequel to Undertale. You're playing alternate Undertale? Like a the Deltarune, of course, the title is an anagram for Undertale. And I think that this is sort of like uh it's a it's a way of hinting at you that like this is Undertale, but it's it's uh it's scrambled or it's a little bit different. Um I have my personal theories about exactly how the story of this game relates to Undertale, uh, which we can get into in a little bit. But the uh the thing that this drops you into is first you have a character creation screen uh which you didn't in undertale if i recall correctly there's a there's a there's a character name uh you you know you give your character a name but in this game uh, it has a whole character creator where you choose a head a body and legs to create yourself it says a vessel a sprite to represent you in the game. Very spooky, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what's the name of this vessel or the vessel? What's the name of this vessel? It also asks you what you, the player, what your name is and your blood type, your your blood type, A, B, C, personality. (laughs) Uh, And uh, once you've taken all the time to deeply consider and create your vessel, which of course uh, I did, you, we can't choose who we are and it throws out your vessel. No, <laughs> your name is Chris. Chris. Um, your vessel's name is Chris, which nice. is, which is I'm pointing out because you enter your vessel's name and your name and it says yes. your vessel's name is Chris, which yes. may be important. I don't know. Yeah. It's just chapter one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and after that strange beginning, it drops you into what I think is an even stranger. Like, um, it, it, to me, it felt like like you ever watch a movie and like or a TV show or something, and like characters wake up and it and it's a they're having a dream sequence sequence where things are weird and scrambled. I was reminded, you know, forgive me for my nerdery here, of like the the bit in um, Neon Genesis Evangelion where like there's this extended sequence where it's like an alternate version where all the characters are just happy and going to high school and like hmm. Asuka is like eating toast, running to school and Shinji, like it gives her a ride on his bicycle or something. It's, and it's like right in the middle, the midst of like the true, like dark parts of the end of that show. And it takes this, takes some time. Uh, I forget the exact moment when that happens in the show, but it takes some time to show you like an alternate version of like what these characters lives potentially could have been like if things were different. And they mm, all, I was, were, I was all prepared to forgive you for your nerdery. Um, but now you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that's what this felt like to me because like your character is it's- going to going to high school in a like, okay, do you guys remember the story of Undertale and the, yeah, no. the setup? <laughs> no. Well, well I mean, our listeners may not. Yeah. So and also Undertale Nate. takes place. And also in Nate a, might not. So right. let's, Nate our, might li- not. let's explain for the listeners. Sure. So and Undertale, listen along. Undertale um, takes place all in the underground, right? Hence the title. Right. Um, it begins with a human child uh, falling through a hole in a mountain into an underground world of monsters and uh you learn through the course of the story that um there once was a terrible war between humans and monsters and um you know many lives were lost uh the humans sealed the monsters underground and created a barrier um that monster souls could not cross um keeping all the monsters in this underground world forever um uh, 
many other stuff happens. We can talk about differences more later. But the the thing that immediately struck me with this is they're on the surface and it's all monsters. So I, I spent the first like good long while of this game at many of your favorite characters of the like the very first thing you see in the in the classroom is like you're you go to you you uh, you wake up you're you're uh, you're playing as your 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 uh, your vessel your your human character Chris. And Toriel is your adoptive mom. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? The the father, um, As Asgore, is yeah. not around. But it's implied that like Toriel and him and her have have had a a divorce. But he's alive, unlike at the. So we we know it's not after the end of Under Undertale, because um, Asgore is alive. Um, uh, Chris is, as far as we can, I can tell, a totally new character, unrelated to your character from Undertale. Um, Toriel talks about um, Asriel, her son, being away at college and not dead, as he was in Undertale. Mm-hmm. You're living on the surface, not underground. And then you go to high school, and characters, I assume it's a high school. I don't know what, what level of school we Seems are like in a high monster school. world. Monster world. But, monster um, high school. But, like... Uh, Tons of characters from the original Undertale are there, but in different, you know, they're 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 different in significant ways. So Alfie's the scientist character from Undertale is there, but she's just teaching your high school class. Um, and you get to explore the town later, much later. But um, but like th- that's what you get in the beginning is like this clearly isn't the same world as Undertale, but it is significantly connected to it. Yeah, or it's, it's not the, the same instance the same. of the of the world. It's not yeah, the same exactly. moment. And yeah, um, this is where like my best guess here is this is a world where the war went you know broke differently. Like the the war between humans and monsters, it made me wonder like, is there an mm. underground world where all the humans are living at this point? We don't see that. Hmm. Um, but we do like, go to a underground world, or at least well, we go to a dark world. But yeah. is it ever really stated that it's underground? I don't think it's the same as they the fall, underground. But they fall, you know. Yes. So I kind of. But they also the change color schemes when they yeah. fall. So yeah. uh, this is we won't get into detail pre spoiler, but there is a a it's a portal fantasy in some ways you go mm-hmm. through a, you know, dark door. It is yet another, uh, like, uh, Alice in Wonderland story, just yeah. like undertale was. Yes. Um, but it is, it is different in some significant ways. So yeah, without getting into the story that we're going to talk about post spoiler, like this is, it, it starts seeming at, at first, like it's like a weird inversion of undertale or like a weird AU, you know, like an alternate version of the story. Um, but I think it's more complicated than that. And it's hard to really put your finger on like how this might be related to the original. Um, it is nice though, that it is pretty completely independent of the original. There's no need to rack your brain for story details. There's lots of, lots of nods to the original here, but there's nothing where it's like, remember that important detail from undertale. You better remember it or you won't be able to progress or something. In yeah, a I, reference that will make sense to Reagan and not Nate, it is very much like a shared universe of a romance novel world where the couples from one book show up somewhere in the background of another. Like that's kind of what you're getting here, where the characters yes. are referenced. Man, they have I no plot bearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Nate, come read romance novels with us. Okay. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I thought like my first thought was about fan fiction, you know, fan fiction as a, as a medium is full of AUs, alternate universes yeah. where, you know, like I'm going to write my version of, uh, of, you know, Steven universe, but this is the coffee shop AU where everyone, uh, all the gems are humans and they, they all work together in a coffee shop and it's, I'm just playing There's with character dynamics. Ross and, and Rachel. This doesn't feel terribly fanficy to me because it was as if you wrote a friend's AU, but the only background characters were like the, the naked guy out the window and Janice, and they weren't even Gunter. plot specific, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a really weird approach. And I, ha- I have to feel like it's going to pay off, right? Like there's, I feel like Toby Fox is setting us up for some big, interesting reveal here. But again, we're only talking about chapter one here. Um, and I don't think like there's, there's been like, there's some, there's some surprises in chapter one. Um, but I, I, I feel like, you know, chapter five or six is going to have some be kind bonkers. of cool turn or it's something. Got, right? I, but uh, this was played pretty straight as far as like, you know, it's a, it's a new adventure. There's yeah. uh you, you get your character, Chris fall into a dark world and a whole new, undertale style adventure has begun and yeah. there were definitely times where i was like am i missing something because i don't remember um especially later when you do get to like explore the town but i think it's all just jokes and references and i i at least didn't feel like i uh didn't misunderstand the story or anything like that because of my lack of remembering anything about undertale talk more about the story and characters in a little bit but let's talk about the the mechanics here if you remember the mechanics of the original game undertale um then you're in very good shape here very little has changed but my feeling was that this was i mean part of this is that we're in chapter one but my feeling was that this is kind of toned down in terms of difficulty uh versus undertale yeah i think that's chapter one though because you know undertale was pretty easy to begin with as well and it wasn't until you got deeper into the game and you got into those really chaotic fights that i felt like it got really challenging Um, and you know this one there's only a few fights that aren't just your sort of -of run-of-the-mill you know uh, uh random encounter monsters if you will you know that are that i think are intentionally not challenging so um, I suspect that it's going to get a lot more difficult as the game goes along. I have played chapter two and had my first deaths in chapter mm. two. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I never had. I had a couple of people get knocked down on like the mm-hmm. final stuff, but um, yeah, I never had anyone you know, die. But, but I'll say it. It to me, this was an interesting evolution of the undertale mechanics which if you're you're listening and you're unfamiliar i'm sorry um but the idea is i'm assuming everyone here is playing the uh do not uh kill method Mm -hmm. which is continuing from undertale where you don't have to fight back or kill people you can dodge and it's a lot of evasion tactics a lot of different mechanics around evasion tactics um which we can go into how this is like and different um to me this was much more tutorialized than undertale where there's a lot more explanation and there's even like 
tutorial lessons at some point. Yeah. Like you can you can spend your time actually learning to be better at those mechanics versus Undertale, which is always challenging you with a new variant of it. And it kind of, you learn it or you die. This one felt a little more interested mm. in training you along the way. Yeah. There are a few very specific changes. Um, the biggest and most noticeable is I'm pretty sure the way that it handles, you know, multiple characters in your party has changed pretty significantly. If I remember correctly, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'm pretty sure in the original Undertale, you pretty much only controlled the main character. Mm -hmm. Other characters would be with you, but when you went into battle mode, um, you had your menu for your actions that you could choose, like fight, action, um, mercy, item, I think. Um, uh, Whereas here, you have, uh, almost from the very beginning, multiple characters. You have Chris, um Susie uh oh god I love Susie we need to talk about the characters Man, I, I was before you could even mention it I was gonna say I bet one billion dollars that Susie <laughs> is Reagan's <laughs> like favorite character of all time like I'm surprised you don't already have a Susie tattoo like I'm what a mean girl her. that's also kind of wacky wow cool. Monster. Yeah. Super cool yeah um and and also Ralsey I hope I'm pronouncing it the same way everyone else pronounced it in their heads yeah, um that's how I was uh uh and uh and like more characters come on later um so in battle mode here, rather than just managing, you know, your own character and the little dodging mechanic and everything, um, you are controlling multiple characters. And that opens up some new interesting combo stuff. There's little, like, combo moves that happen with multiple characters. Um, and also there's ways to do things like um, set up uh, something with one character and finish it off with another so that you can do something in a single turn. Um, so basically an extension of the mechanics of undertale. Um, I, I found the whole thing a lot easier than undertale. We mentioned that earlier. Like, I think you're probably right. It's probably going to ramp up that difficulty pretty significantly for future acts. And, and that's good. Um, but uh, it also is, I think way more interested in just straight up telling you to, to play nonviolently. Um, the first game undertale, like mm-hmm. it, it says on the you know in the Steam description like hey this is a game where you can you can play the entire game without hurting anyone but it doesn't tell you and hey by the way you should really do that no seriously yeah. really please don't. don't hurt anyone if you yeah. uh, if you do you know you're gonna waste your own time basically and, and lock yourself out of potentially you know important endings um, it, this game Ralsey well it's Ralsey yeah Ralsey. yeah shows up early on it just tells you like hey. Don't hurt anyone. We yeah. don't have to. This is a world where we can solve our problems without fighting uh, very directly. It's like uh, box art almost. Though, yeah. I don't know. I've only played chapter one. You know, maybe there's something more going on here. But uh, uh, I've, I've, I believe that maybe mm-hmm. it is a reason. But and, anyway. And then the other, and then the other thing about, about, um, about this, this party mechanic is that like Susie is a loose cannon right her whole thing is like she is she's a tough girl she's fed up she doesn't want to be here and she doesn't want to play by your rules she doesn't want to play nice with ralsey and so when susie's in your party um you can't always tell her what to do especially not at the beginning and she just wants to fight and so that has this really interesting dynamic here where like in, you know, in Undertale, you, the player could just decide, well, I'm not going to hurt anybody. And as long as you didn't screw up and choose the wrong menu option, um, you didn't. 
Um, but here it, it feels like you're like managing a, a wild person in your party who, who wants to, you know, wants to wreck shit and you have to find ways to like, for example, there's a mechanic where you can warn the monsters about, uh, Susie, uh, before she hits them, uh, to try to keep the, you know, <laughs> the damage she's doing to a minimum. Um, and I thought that was a really cool twist. And I it, like I hope they do more with that. I know like Susie kind of changes her stripes a little bit, so maybe they have to find other ways to express it. But like I think that idea of like having a uh, having a loose cannon in your party that you need to like restrain from hurting people yeah. is actually really interesting and added a lot of interest to the the combat here. Yeah, I I thought that was really compelling too. And and um, you know, you had these sort of competing forces of one telling you don't kill anyone and another one saying, I'm gonna kill everything. And you actually have to kind of manage that person who's trying to kill everyone is very interesting. I also love how um, or I think an interesting mechanic is that, you know, it's only Chris can do the action um move, but so so you'll use on their turn, you'll use action but they can command other people, which uses their turn as well. And mm-hmm. sometimes like the best move is actually something that you command the other two. And so all three of your party members are burning their entire round of combat in order to pull off whatever this action might be like, you know, together picking up and throwing Ralsei, uh, which is a very funny one. And that's where this game, just like Undertale, there's this sort of like, puzzle mechanic of if you're trying to not kill someone you have to figure out like what is the right order of these actions that i have to do in order to solve this fight in a non-violent way uh and usually that means some perfect combination of actions sparing and just being kind of good at the dodge mechanic because these fights are going to go until you solve it um and and now there's the whole spell casting thing and like healing that Rousey can do that. I think there was in the previous game, but it felt more important with this one because you have the multi-party members. Uh, and there's a risk reward because the closer you get to being hit, the more, the faster you're going to generate the spell points. So it's, it's a fun, um, and the sooner the combat round will end. So it's nice that they've added a couple new mechanics. And I think those, keep it a little more interesting because one of the problems I did have with Undertale was that the combat, um, the, the raw mechanics of combat were repetitive. Yeah. There was a million dodge mechanics. There was a million different enemies. There was a ton of great music, but often you were just hitting the over button because the fight button's the first one. You have to yeah. pause over, pick what you're going to do <laughs> yeah. and then do it over and over again. And here, because there's a little bit more variance with the different people. Like at least there's a little bit more um, to do, quite frankly. Yeah. That's something I noticed too, that they kept in this game that I, I thought was like, it's a really interesting choice that Toby Fox makes with the combat system here is that like you have your bar of options in combat and the first one is fight and your cursor always starts on fight. And that's, mm-hmm. I think like a very deliberate choice where it's like, Every single time you have a turn of combat, you have to choose not to fight. It's not going to just like, you're not just hitting A to continue through things. If you're button mashing through the combat here, you're going to screw up and you're going to do the fight option, which you never really want to choose. I just sort of like what that says about it. Like you have to, you have to choose not to fight every time. Yeah. Mechanically, ultimately, like we are still talking just about chapter one and 
there's a lot of cool stuff here, but it is ultimately like it's the first chapter of what I think is going to be a very large experience. Um, it's equivalent in complexity to the first two or three hours of Undertale, and um, you know, some nice nice refinements, but no huge surprises yeah. here. And what um, I mean, what you're really like of all the things that have lasted from Undertale. It's not like anyone is sitting here going like, oh yeah, the combat mechanic was my favorite part too, right? The 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 combat, the 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 choice making decision of combat was interesting, but it I don't think we needed a considerably more elaborate system anyway. Um, no. And really yeah. what shined about the combat in Undertale was always it's sort of the the variety of like dodge mechanics, the dodging the, stuff, yeah, yeah the, it's like, all in your uh, little Wario aware of it. It was, yeah. it was different every time, yeah, um, uh, and that persisted here. Like, there's still a lot of variety here. They're still coming up with interesting new ways to to yeah. do that. And really, um, what you're coming to Undertale or you know these games for is the writing and the sort of implication of the of the decisions that you make in fighting, not necessarily. Oh yeah, I loved. Uh, you know, selecting fight and selecting my spells, you know, that's all kind of standard stuff. Um, You're here for the writing, for the humor, which is in full force in this game, and that sort of good blend of heart Mm -hmm. and mystery and strangeness and uh, uh, goofiness that, you know, that these games have that I think this game so far is pretty on par with Undertale. Talking about the th- ways that this is a little different from Undertale, the puzzles here are also dead easy, and in a way, it kind of yes. felt like it was making fun of itself in that way. Um, yeah, things like uh, there's that the um, pretty late in the game, there's that character. I won't say, I won't get into the details here because we're pre spoiler, but like there's that character who shows up while you're kind of climbing that tower, and he keeps introducing his next big puzzle, and it's it continues to be like incredibly simple, like block pushing stuff. And I, in honestly, I'm kind of glad that I never ran into an actually difficult puzzle in this. I found the puzzles in undertale, um, mostly to be annoying. Uh, I know <laughs> Shane found them to be like a huge blocker for him. He got stuck on a lot of them. And I think other people probably had that experience too. I never got completely dead stuck on them, but I was continually like, excited about the story and wanting to progress and move forward and, you know, meet new fun monsters. And every time I ran into a puzzle, it was like, ugh, one of these again, a bit of a roadblock. And here they still exist, but they've at least in the first chapter, they kept them all really breezy. Um, And I appreciated that. I really liked that it like it does not get in the in the way of your experiencing the story to like interrupt you with a complicated puzzle. They're still pretty breezy in chapter two, but I am also not the best judge of puzzle difficulty. Oh yeah, because so. you steamroll them, Laura. Well, You're a puzzle not master. all. As long as it's not a three D <laughs> puzzle, I'm awful. As long as yeah. I don't actually need to navigate, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think you'll be fine in chapter two as well. That's good to hear. Yeah, that that guy at the end that you're talking about too. I just love like 
this game has straight up jokes. You know, it's like, this is purely a joke. This is to make you laugh. It has, it means nothing other than being a joke. And, uh, I love, I appreciate a game that just goes for it and will include, uh, straight up jokes in it like that. So I think that's about all we can say without getting into talking about the story and characters. Um, this is a, uh, really those are the the draw with these games, and I really do want to talk about uh, all my BFFs uh, from Chapter One. But um, before we do that, uh, we usually do our outro stuff before our spoiler break. So if folks are hopping off, uh, which if you're you know listening and then about to run and play. Uh, Deltarune chapter one. Uh, this is where you can jump off and, and join us again once you've done that. Um, you can find this game on Steam and on a bunch of consoles. What did you guys play it on? I played it on my computer, just like Undertale. Yeah, same. Uh, it's on Switch, I know for sure. Um, and I think it's on other consoles as well, but I didn't look it up. So, uh, you know, experiment. Uh, this is a, an exercise for the listener. Um, but I believe it's free on all of those platforms, which is awesome. So if you want to play this on your Switch, you can download it and do that. That's great. Um, uh, it is uh, chapter one is about three hours. Does that work out the same for you guys? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, somewhere around there. I I had left it running for like yeah, a couple Steam days. Steam says so. that Nate's been playing this game for 25 hours. But <laughs> I had a weird one with that too. Like I left it running on my Steam Deck. Um, yeah. I'm uh, once again. I'm wow, cool, Reagan. Yeah, we're all showing it in everyone's noses for yeah. a while. Um, but I left it running on my Steam Deck and came back to it. Uh, I had suspended the Steam Deck and it said it had been playing for 48 hours. And then a few hours later, I guess it like synced up again and realized that it had been asleep for that time and it fixed the playtime. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen Steam do that before. So yeah. I was really excited. I was like, oh my God, this, the, they fixed the, the playtime thing. I don't know if it's just a Steam Deck thing or what, but wow. yeah, I'm pr- pretty sure it was just three hours. Well, I mean, um, you know, maybe I left it running overnight. Maybe some of those puzzles are a little harder than we, uh, you know, made them out <laughs> to be. You know, that wasn't my implication. You <laughs> have to push that box one slot to the left. I, you know, it took yeah, me a while. It's I tried. Hard. I tried kept right. that swap button and hoping. I, yeah, I tried pushing it right. I tried pushing it up and down. I never thought to push it left. So, mm. yeah. Nate. Get on it. Uh, the, <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks. So uh, you can find our game. show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net. That's where you'll find all of our past episodes, a searchable show notes page where you can look up and see if there's something that we might have covered in our many years of podcasting now. Um, you can also find us on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, if you're listening to us on one of those platforms that supports the feature where you can review a show, we really appreciate it if you do that. Don't be like that one person who left us the one-star review for not having played the game the way that they liked. Uh, instead, you should leave us a five-star review and tell us what you like about the show. We love those sorts of things. Um, we think this is a five-star podcast. Wow. Uh, and uh, let's see. You can find us on Twitter at underscore short game, or you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Uh, Nate, where can people find you? On Twitter at Nate STL. And Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. Uh, And I neglected to mention we are supported by our listeners on Patreon. So the best way to reach us to talk to us about uh, Deltarune or anything else is uh, to join our Patreon community 
patreon.com slash the short game. Even just a dollar a month gets you in the door and you'll be immediately added to our discord, which is where we talk about the show. It's where you can spend uh, five years bugging us to play Deltarune. If you would like, <laughs> sorry to those of our community who, uh, uh, who had to wait so long for us to get around to covering this this game. We're really glad that you kept at it and that we got around to it. Um, and of course, if you are a, a, a patron, you also get early access to episodes. And if you support at the $5 a month level, even just for a brief while, if you'd like, uh, I will send you some short game stickers, which are really cool. Uh, and um, we also uh, have some plans to do some uh, some exclusive episodes, just a handful a year every now and then. But uh, those are a thing that uh, is exclusive to patrons as well. Uh, so if you'd like to support the show again, patreon.com slash the short game. Uh, and uh, here it is your spoiler break. All right. So there's no dating in chapter one. This was my biggest heartbreak. Yeah. From uh, from Undertale, I was like... Some real bonds formed, though. Yeah, some definite bonds. Um, so no dating, but you did meet the monster of your dreams, Susie. Oh, who's that? Susie. Su- well, Reagan. Oh, oh, Reagan oh, me. Kelly. I thought you were talking about Chris, the main character. <laughs> no, Reagan, you, Reagan. Reagan Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean uh, as soon as she slammed right. Chris against the wall, I was like... This is going to be Reagan's favorite game. What do you think I am? Like I'm, I'm like a, like a. Um, yeah. I, I know yes, exactly what me, you are. Hurt me, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't so much the hurt me, mommy. It was a literal when they said like mean girls She's and mean soft girl. boys. I know, I know. Hundred percent of games where there is a girl character that is even remotely mean, you will be the first one in the episode to be like, "I just loved this character," <laughs> you know. So and it happened in this one too. And uh, it's cool. Hey, man, I live your life, live your truth. I, I love it. I think it's good for you that you know that there are there are um, you know you know what you like and and it's represented in games. I think it's wonderful. And uh, I mean, you're uh, basically Lancer is essentially a self insert. We like Susie's the coolest thing I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> How dare there you? There was a lot. There's a lot of Reagan and Lancer for sure. No, God, just just in the monsters. love for Susie uh, and the zaniness. Susie is great though. Like the, so, the we talked about the beginning of the game, going to school. Um, you know, talking tutorial, going off to school, having your class with Alfie's, and then. Uh, Susie's the troublemaker in class and she gets sent to go get some chalk and her bad girl thing she does is eat the chalk. She ate the chalk. <laughs> so funny. Uh, and you and her have to go into the supply closet to get the chalk and that's where you enter the dark world. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you guys think is going on with the dark world? Like, I think we're, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but like what's going on there? Because the, when you can come back, the, the whole room is filled with stuff oh. I mean, that, it's spoiler break. There's no rules. Right. Um, There's no rules. Because after that, you go and, uh, um, you know, that's when you can explore the town. And because in that room, there's the chessboard knocked over. There's all the decks of cards. It's like the all. Cabinet full of cards. Yeah. Yeah. The imagery that you just went through in the game. And I was like starting to expect there to be like in the real world now a like and you were there and you were there it and was you were- definitely yes yeah. the end yeah. of uh of, of wizard, wizard of oz, of oz. right it's exactly that but but time has actually passed no mm-hmm. one knows where they went 
and they both have like you know full obviously memories. they were in their sniffing glue in the supply closet <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like there is you know it's it's definitely not like it's one of those things where you know it didn't happen or or, or whatever like it clearly or at least to me it seems like it clearly happened but yeah. um you know why? i hate nothing more than a it was all a dream oh yeah i mean things. it's a trope this, for a reason you know yeah but this is not that exactly it's clearly like something weird going on here and i'm gonna be quiet because this is, is touched on in, in chapter, in chapter two. two not yeah. explained but there is more yeah. information okay. given so i, I assumed yeah like, yeah looking um, forward to that they fall into the dark world and uh Pretty immediately meet Ralsei, who is like, oh, good. I'm so glad you're here. You fulfill the prophecy. And uh, at first, and I still kind of feel this way, I feel like there's something else going on with Ralsei. Now, obviously, we saw their true, um, you know, who they actually are at the end. But um, still, like, I don't know. I felt like there was this, like, darkness under Ralsei. Even though they are like the most friendly, like kind person in the entire game, Ralsei says that she's been just hanging out alone, waiting for you to show up. Yeah. So, what do you guys think is the deal with Ralsei? Because this is very so. Again, we're in spoiler territory, so we can talk about everything. Like at first, Ralsei has this very cool, unique um, uh, sprite. She's or he. Sorry, excuse me. I kept um, mixing up Ralsei's gender. He's got this sort of all black uh, sprite. Uh, he's you know under a hat. He reminds me a lot of like a Final Fantasy like a mage, a mage. yeah, I, yeah, I the same thing. Although with like the cute glasses, kind of poking yeah. out of the of the darkness. Well, they make jokes in the game about uh, the um, the like standard party formation in a uh, in like a JRPG with like a healer, a mage, and a you know, and so I do think there's some degree of, of attempting to make Ralsei look like a like Final Fantasy mage, basically. But of course, towards the end, we, you know, Ralsei takes off um, his hat and he is a boss monster, which is the the species name that the um, the Undertale fandom has assigned to the creatures that are the goat-like monsters that um, Toriel and Asgore and uh uh, Azriel or whatever the, the 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 son's name all belong to, so that immediately had me thinking like, is this like Azriel or whatever his name is? But yeah. it, but Chris would know that because Chris is is Azriel's brother or you know adoptive brother, and would presumably know what he looks like, and also he should be older um, than well I don't know how old uh, uh, Ralsei is, but he certainly should be older than um, than Chris. Um, so I don't think we know yet what's going on there um but it feels like sort of like a lost relation of the like toriel right. asgore family right yeah and that that definitely undercut my feeling that it's something more sinister going on with ralsey but um i don't well, know like maybe- why why is uh why is one of these boss monster types uh in the dark world at all like all the other dark world monsters we see the quote-unquote darkeners um they're the more like uh, abstract, weird monsters based on stuff like chess pieces and things. Um, yeah. So like uh, Ralsei is is sort of unique. Uh, he says he's a prince, a dark prince or whatever. Although he has no subjects and maybe never has, um, and he's just hanging out in the dark world. And the weirdest thing about Ralsei to me is that if Ralsei goes down in a fight, 
it's just a pile of clothes on the ground. That never happened to me. It's really weird. Yeah, he interesting. Just disappears. It leaves a pile of clothes, and it's like, what? <laughs> huh. Well, now I don't know what to think. So I don't know <laughs> what's going on there. Uh, boy bakes cakes. That's all I know. They yeah. do bake a cake. He's yep. a lovely character, though. Like it's nice to have like a little like bundle of positivity in the game, and you know he's just an adorable character. He's like clearly like fan bait, right? I also think Ralsei is one of those like meta characters because of the a few things in chapter one and a few things in chapter two make me think Ralsei knows more. That's what I mean. The world I think, of the game. Then. Yeah, I think there's a lot more going on with Ralsei, and you you essentially you know break apart from them at the end of chapter one, and I assume they're they are a major character through the through the rest yeah. of the game. And Toby Fox is no stranger to like doing that sort of like um, you love this character. Well, here's here's you know I'm going to pull the rug out from under you, and turns out they're actually bad. Um, you know, look back at things like Flowey in. Uh, Right, I mean, you never want the healer to be the bad guy. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, I, I do think that like there's definitely more going on with Ralsei, and there's something that he's not telling us. Um, but uh, at least in chapter one, he's really played as like a truly lovable and earnest character who just wants to fulfill the prophecy and uh, close the uh, what dark the, fountain. The dark fountains, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's some kind of prophecy in the dark world. You're trying to fulfill the prophecy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there's a whole lot of goofaroony right in the middle of it. Where <laughs> uh, uh, Lancer, you meet Lancer, the goofball son of the big king or whatever, who is, I guess, supposed to guard the castle and ends up palling around with Susie. And Susie becomes... Like on a turns on a dime from like intimidating tough girl to like Saturday morning cartoon, silly, like, like stupid, you know, where like they like prankster, that, yeah, you know, in that like weird, silly, weird sort of like obtuse thing where they it's like a complete 180 switch for how Susie is behaving. And then, uh, you know, you go through a whole series of wacky hijinks trying to yeah. catch up with Susie. Uh, I have to know, what monster did you all make in the monster-making machine? Uh, where you get to choose a head, a body, and, and legs or feet. Do you remember what you made? I had a sword head, and I know I had, like, tread wheels, and the okay. body was bulbous. It was, I did not choose any of the duck form, but I was very tempted to. <laughs> it's ultimately I was tempted like to do it. the duck as well, but I think I did basically the same thing. It was like a knife head tank yeah. treads globe. I decided to lean into the joke that the game wanted you to do, and I made the duck. Please Just tell <laughs> us what, how the duck works. Well, they, uh, you know, they, they make it, and they're like, Oh, your your thing sucks. Like this is bad, and they throw it away. And you do eventually encounter like the duck, and before you can fight it, they blow it up and say that was stupid. Why'd you make the duck or something like that? They do that for yours too, but at the beginning they tell you it's really great and cool, and then like oh. they're like, "Psych, it actually sucks." So we yeah. blow it up, and <laughs> that, that, it's the saddest looking version of it too. Uh, okay, like this is the big old duck. I messed with the color shaders to make it a funny color duck and stuff, and. uh it's exactly the duck that you make. And, and they're like, I can't believe you made the duck. Why'd you make the duck? You know? So it was funny. I really, really liked the way that, um, like 
you know, essentially the, the whole middle of the game or the middle of the chapter is this sort of interplay between, um, you know, Susie getting tired of your goody goody ways and going to hang out and becoming friends uh, with Lancer and kind of seeing their relationship develop. And then the two of you coming back together, you know, Susie coming back to your team and eventually Lancer joining your team. Um, and it's just like a really well done uh, little character progression. And it's interesting because like you do get a lot of character arcs and progression in like Undertale, but most of them were over very long periods. I think something nice about the chapter structure here was that like it does compress things a little bit and you get like you know I'm I'm sure there's going to be plenty of additional character arcs and and stuff going on in chapter 2 but like you get a really nice complete little story here um and it was really nice to see like the whole thing through with uh Susie and Lancer um you know within that 3 hour chunk um I I thought they were really that that relationship was really well handled I really liked watching them like like you know, yeah. all Susie needed was uh was like somebody who was like s- sincerely uh you know wasn't going to give her shit and was like su- thought she was extremely cool <laughs> and all Lancer needed was someone willing to hang out with him yeah and Lancer needed someone to laugh at his dumb jokes and Susie also needed someone to laugh at the dumb jokes like I, I love the the pairing I think Lancer is adorable yeah. and I have a fun fact is that um so Tubby Fox credits the whole reason for making Undertale was from uh, Cano Tyne's art, uh, who was someone who made a deck of 52 playing cards. And Lancer, Rudin, Clover, Happy, and the King were all part of this deck that they made for a design project. And that art style was so cool to Toby Fox that he's like, I got to make a game around this. And then all those characters ended up in this one. So like it actually was a card deck. So the card kingdom is because I think all these characters came from a deck of playing cards. Mm. That is interesting. Fun facts. That is a, that is a fun fact. Um, Yeah. I, I think the, the relationship between Susie and Lancer is really the driving force of the whole chapter. I, I do said as I, or I do think, as I said a moment ago, like I think it, it was a little weird to me at first, just what felt like Susie's, very quick transition, but ultimately I think the ending where, uh, you know, the, the group kind of comes back together and they stand up for each other in different ways and for different reasons, like I thought it was really good and, and really mm-hmm. brought it together. So, um, you know, ultimately I, I, that's where I was like, Toby, you still got it. You know, I'm, I'm here for this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, oh, I love these characters, man. It really, like, <laughs> I, I wasn't sold on Lancer at first. I, I thought he was well. It's an so goofy. Yeah, I mean, Lancer right? calls like sweet basket of eggs is an insult from Lancer. It's so oh, silly. Man. It's almost that's what it's like right on the edge of and just. I was being kind of annoying. expecting like you know the, like the the dark turn with Lancer, right? Like, um, like he's you know he's a little villain character, but I kept expecting like the flowy turn with Lancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this game is holding that back for something else, but it was actually, it was so lovely that like Lancer actually has like a, you know, a, a good guy turn and he's a really cute, fun character to, I, I, you know, seeing him try to like negotiate the situation between the dad who he was clearly scared of was, was, uh, was, you know, a little bit heartrending and cute. Um, I just loved it. I thought it was really great.
I will suggest that if you're fired up about chapter one and you want to go look up videos with fan theories, that you don't do it until you've reached chapter two because I've yet to watch a single one that doesn't involve chapter two mentions. Okay. So, like, we're in safe place here. Maybe don't go on the internet. And <laughs> well, and we're going to do an episode on chapter two eventually as well. So yes, yeah, and, and our- probably probably fairly shortly. Like, we're, yeah. it's not going to be our next episode. We've got um, probably a play date episode coming up soon, and we've got a couple of other things on the on the um, you know, on the short list. We couldn't but- play any dates in this game, so we're doing a play date episode. Uh, thank, thank you. And- good one, Nate. Good one. <laughs> Um, and I, I will say, uh, while we've been recording, our listener Kirk has been uh, chiming in with theories. However, we'll keep those to chapter two because they're safer discussed with more information. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I, I'm I'm eager to do some speculating about the world of of, uh, of Deltarune, but maybe it's best to leave the rest of that for for after we talk about chapter two. Um, so, if you listener have theories about the world of Deltarune or your favorite uh, favorite bits that you think are maybe tied back to Undertale or that are uh, uh, you know showing something that you think might might you know, hinting at things that might be coming uh, let us know uh, and we'll talk about that stuff uh, in our next episode on Deltarune which will be coming pretty soon uh, can't wait so do we want to talk about the ending to this chapter because it is probably the most dramatic moment of the game and was like you I, I almost died immediately into chapter two when it happened. It was such a wild moment and interesting cliffhanger, but then, uh, you know, life intervened. Um, somebody want to explain what you think happened in that last moment? So you enter, you know, it's good night. You say good night to your mother. You go to bed, you crawl into bed. And then there is a scene where, uh, Chris, gets out of bed and does not seem to be in control of their body. And there's some like zombie, like movements to the middle of the floor. They have red eyes, which was something that you definitely saw in undertale. The head turns to the camera and the eyes are blood red. And there is a, the, the soul, the heart symbol, but what the game calls a soul is ripped out of their chest thrown into a bird cage and then you see a knife darkness end of chapter two yeah uh something that i uh didn't notice at the time but um uh but saw referenced when i was trying to read some things about the end of this uh this chapter is that uh you know you obviously you lose control of chris during the segment it's a cutscene essentially mm-hmm. um but once the soul is torn out if you wiggle your joystick, the heart wiggles. So Mm. it kind of implies to me that like, you know, you as the player are controlling the soul and by tearing out the soul, it's like severed the connection between the player and the, uh, uh, and the vessel, so to speak. Um, interesting. I I do not know what's going on with this. I'm (laughs) very curious. I, uh, I, you know, Laura's obviously played some of chapter two, so perhaps some of the, uh, some of the implications of this are, are more known. I, I know the resolution of this moment. I do not quite know. I, I do not know more than that necessarily. Mm. Yeah. So it, 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 it is a bit distressing to think that perhaps we're playing a soulless vessel, a husk of some kind through the rest of, of Deltarune. But I'm really curious to see where this goes. What happened to that soul? Yeah. Um, and, and, mm. and everyone keeps telling you to like, look a little sick. And Chris is like normally quiet. People are like, you're acting different. And it's unclear if it's because you're 
have taken Chris on a portal adventure or if it's because you have taken over Chris on a portal adventure. Yeah. It's all very. And I especially wonder, like, you know, again, I haven't started chapter two yet. I especially wonder, like, how are they going to handle the heart for the dodging mechanic in chapter two? Because if mm. if Chris rips out their heart at the end of this or their soul, like that soul is like a very physical thing in Undertale, and and every time you're in combat, you have you've the you know have the visual of that soul on screen, and it like comes out of Chris to to enter the little square on screen to do the dodging. So I'm like wondering, like, well, what does this what does this mean for Chapter Two? I'm really eager to see. Um, yeah, I'm sure, we'll talk all about it. There was a lot of weird responses to the from people in the town that I didn't quite understand. That I was hoping I would understand more as you know as the game goes along. Because uh, also, like, why is the town all? It might just be video game uh, stuff, but like, the town's completely blocked in too. Like, every street is blocked off. Some of them with police tape. Um, you know, I, I, I think if it was just like it's a video game, and we don't want you to go over here. Uh, you know, Toby Fox would have done it in a more, uh, you know, nuanced way than having like big barriers on the. Uh, you know, I didn't street. really think about that. That that I don't know if that's something that we're going to see more of or more about. I, don't know. I did spend a lot of time going and talking to everybody. And like, yeah. you know, you go and meet, for example, like Sands for the first time. He's just yeah. moved to town. And I think the um, skeleton, what's his name? The skeleton. I think he's in the house next to him. Because uh, if you uh, knock Papyrus? on the door. Uh, yeah, Papyrus. Yeah. If, you, if you knock on the door, it's just like, no one's home, but you hear the sound of rattling bones inside or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. And I also thought it was like clearly trying to set something interesting up with um, the sort of reindeer looking classmate and her father. I think her name is uh, Noelle Holiday, which I think is very funny for a reindeer. Yes, it's wonderful. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing more about her because like she seems like, you know, a very devoted daughter and coming into the hospital to talk to her dad and um, seems like a cute character. And so I'm I'm hoping there's more with her in chapter two. Looking forward to that, hopefully. Did you talk to her about Susie? I don't remember. What did she say about Susie? Lots of... No, asked a lot of questions about Susie. Uh, and yeah? how you know Susie. And Noelle's real curious about Susie. Oh, okay. At the end all of right. chapter one, if you keep asking, she's like, so you hung out with Susie all day. What's Susie like? Tell me more about Susie. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think there's definitely setting up some good characters and interesting situations yeah. for the next chapter. I'm assuming we're going back to the dark world, but I don't know much about what's going to be happening. I'm eager to see it. Yeah. Part of me thinks he was just like, all right, I'm, I'm writing this. I know it's going to be long. I've only really written chapter one. I'm just going to populate the ending scene with like a thousand little stories and a you know, maybe some of them I'll end up using and they'll flesh yeah, out chapters three, four, five, and some of them will just be, that's a weird world. It's, it's all just character building. It's all fine. I was intrigued by a few random things. There's a graveyard with four graves in it. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I had, I had to look that up because I was like, this feels like something familiar from Undertale, but I didn't know what it was all about. Um, and I believe they're related to the character, the um, the like amalgams or amalgamations hmm. or whatever they were called. But I don't know how what the relationship is there. Like I, um, again, like I was trying not to spoil myself too badly, but I did a little bit of skimming of of wikis and stuff, and I'm pretty sure those relate to that. But I, I don't like in this world. Obviously, like if things were different, like the 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 horrible stuff that uh, that Alfie's did um, in order to try to create a soul that could 
get through the barrier or whatever was going on there um, with the amalgamations. Um, that would never have happened. So like, why are these graves here? Did they die? Did they not die in this version of the, of the world? I'm curious if it'll ever get into that. Yeah. Um, there's that locked building um, that I think, what did it say? It said something about like, there, I forget the details now. I'm, I need to, I need to go back to it and, and look again, but there's like a locked building that seemed really like the, the music goes silent when you walk down to it in the town. It had, it said like something, some character name, and I don't remember the character's name. Um, something very strange was going on with that building. I'm, I'm assuming something. I don't know. I was there. also thinking about the, the creature or whatever in the prison, in the, um, in the tower, in the castle. Did you go down there and you have to go and get, uh, like a key from the old cat at the shop. Did I, I either really miss that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you, when you get that. in the, when you get in the elevator for, uh, the, the, the castle at the end, there's mm-hmm. a floor. If you go like back to the elevator and, and look at the buttons, there's a floor that's just question marks. Oh. And, um, if you go to it, you go to like a, uh, a creature or you don't, you can't really see it, but it's, you're talking to it through its like cell. And it's like the rest of the world is caged. I'm the only one that's actually free and, and it's kind of spooky. And it's like, um, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind being out of here too. Why don't you help me um, get the, you know, get me out of here. And it's like, go talk to the old shopkeeper. And then if you go and talk to the old shopkeeper, they're like, yeah. Uh, oh, that thing. Yeah. I was a part of putting it into the cage, but you know what? Maybe it's time to introduce a little chaos into the world. Uh, here, go ahead and have half the key. You got to get the other key parts before you can let it out. And then it's kind of like a, um, like a riddle that I was like, well, I'm, I want to solve this, but I'm, I need to, I want to get through chapter one to talk about it for the show. So I didn't follow through with it, but I don't know, some sort of eldritch horror, I guess that you can, or, or undertale is probably like a, like a puppy or something that's going to come out whenever <laughs> yeah. you, you know, eldritch um, dog. Yeah. But it sets Rear it up. as like, dog. you know, it's a chaos being that is like locked in the castle. So I'm assuming it be able to go back to it, but maybe not. I don't know if it's just an exclusively chapter one thing that I just like barely scratched the surface for. Um, I don't know. I am very intrigued. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like mystery to this. I think you know, when I finished undertale, I spent a good long while just sort of combing through wikis. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very rewarding thing because the, you know, the, the game had a lot more going on under the surface or like connections that I hadn't made. Um, and I, I feel like that's going to come here too, but yeah. um, I'm not sure if like, you know, the fandom hasn't caught up to uh, Toby Fox's imagination yet here. <laughs> this is, there's there's a lot of mystery still. Um, yeah, but I am you know people also. are analyzing every every bit in this thing. Yeah, I am also interested just to see how this game plays out if you do uh, do a more like a murder run, you know? Because just I, I wonder too. Yeah, I think I read that much, this does not have multiple endings. Yeah. Oh, really? So because it's it says only one ending, and then it says question mark. So yeah, right. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because you fight like principal characters pretty early. And so like, I don't know, seems like there must be some way for them to not die still, even if you choose to, to fight them all the way through. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Well, unlike the previous games, this one has has multiple save slots. So if you want to go yeah. find that out, you probably can just do that. Yeah. Um, I remember the, the the original game made some very creative use of the save mechanic. And part of that was that you really did only have a single save slot and you couldn't just go experiment like that. Yeah. And of course, there were many things that the game did where, you know, you, you would maybe go and do something and then like uh, close the game without saving and then the game would call you on it. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is wild and very third wall break, fourth wall break. Uh, so and, and you can copy your yeah. save file yeah. to another one, and it has cool little weird text. Uh, oh, uh, this totally um, sidebar or unrelated, but uh, a, a thing that I thought was very funny that this game does a couple times that I don't think I've seen in a choice-based game is uh, when there would be like multiple options up on the screen, and you'd go to move to select one of them, and they'd be like. No, never mind. You don't have a choice in this matter, and they would yes. like force you into whatever the uh, whatever the you know the narrative was. I, I just thought that was funny every time, and and it seemed like such an obvious joke to do in a choice based game that I at least I had not seen before. I don't know if it's been done in other places, but very simple and very funny. I like that a lot. Yeah. So looking forward to covering this again when we talk about yeah. uh, Delta Rune Chapter Two, which will hopefully be soon and maybe someday before the heat death of the universe we'll get to talk mm. about chapters three through five so yeah looking forward hopefully to but i'm glad we uh, finally talked about this yeah and we did all of our admin and outro earlier so we can just say uh listeners thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the short game <laughs>